Podcast dedicated to suspense, crime, and horror stories from the golden age of radio. I'm Eric. I'm Tim. And I'm Joshua. We love mysterious old-time radio stories, but do they stand the test of time? That's what we're here to find out. This week, we present another episode from our listener library featuring suggestions from you, our mysterious listeners. Bart writes... I absolutely adore your shows. The commentary is fantastic, and all the episodes are timeless, even if they don't stand the test of time. I'm sure you get a ton of these, but would you consider featuring A World of Darkness by Suspense? It is my absolute favorite episode of the series. I think the writing is amazing, and the performances are equally as impressive. Thanks, guys. Suspense was an anthology series that aired on CBS from June 17, 1942 to September 30, 1962. CBS spared no expense on the pilot and adaptation of The Lodger, starring Herbert Marshall and directed by the master of suspense himself, Alfred Hitchcock. Today, suspense is considered by many, including your esteemed hosts, to be one of the greatest radio dramas of all time. A World of Darkness was written for suspense by Robert L. Richards. Over a period of ten years, Richards wrote more than 50 scripts for suspense, many of them based on short works by famous authors such as Ray Bradbury, Cornell Woolrich, and Dorothy L. Sayers. Despite his numerous adaptations, Richards is best known for one of his original contributions, the horror masterpiece The House in Cypress Canyon. Outside of radio, Richards wrote several notable screenplays, including the film noir classic Acts of Violence and the celebrated Jimmy Stewart western Winchester 73. Sadly, Richards was blacklisted during the Red Scare of the 1950s and was unable to find work as a writer. After several unsuccessful attempts to work under a pseudonym, Richards gave up writing entirely to become a carpenter, eventually retiring to Mexico. And on that depressing note, let's listen to A World of Darkness from Suspense, originally broadcast January 20th, 1944. It's late at night and a chill has set in. You're alone, and the only light you see is coming from an antique radio. Listen to the sounds coming from the speaker. Listen to the music, and listen to the voices. Roma Wines presents Suspense. Made in California for enjoyment throughout the world. Salud! Your health, senor. Roma Wine, toast the world. The wine for your table is Roma Wine. Made in California for enjoyment throughout the world. This is the man in black, here for the Roma Wine Company of Fresno, California, to introduce this weekly half hour of Suspense. Tonight in Hollywood, Roma Wine bring you the distinguished actor who has just won the New York Film Critics Award for his performance in Watch on the Rhine, Mr. Paul Lucas. The suspense play which stars Mr. Lucas and which is produced and directed by William Spear is called A World of Darkness. And so with the performance of Paul Lucas as the musician named Anton Rijak, 
to whom the world was a world of darkness, we again hope to keep you in suspense. Yes, they're all here, Lieutenant. Uh, you're the landlady, Mrs. Washburn, right? Well, if you want to put, be blunt about it. I'm afraid I'm a blunt man. Maybe it's a business I'm in. Last night, a girl was killed in this house. According to the coroner, it happened about two in the morning. She was killed in a particularly cold-blooded manner. Stabbed. And that's murder. There's no two ways about it. Now, you're intelligent people. You're all connected with the theater. No, I... not all. Not all. France is my sort of uh, caretaker, handyman. Yes, handyman. But not to do with that theater, that place of sin and abomination. Don't mind him. France has always been a little prejudiced. I know when the sword of righteousness is ready to strike. Where were you at two o'clock in the morning? I was in my room, waiting. What were you waiting for? Now, look, don't you people realize what you're up against? Till you can account for your actions last night, you're all under suspicion of murder. What makes you so sure one of us did it? Oh, you were Miss Nancy Collins' fiancé, is that right, Mr. Farrell? Yes. What were you doing last night? I was out walking. Anybody see you? I don't know. I I don't think so. How do I know? What were you doing out walking around at 2 o'clock in the morning? Well, after what happened, I... Oh, what happened? Oh, nothing, nothing. I was upset, that's all. Why don't you tell him the truth, Daniel? The truth? What's the use of all this talking? It's not going to bring her back. What did you mean by that, Mrs. Collins? What truth? It's not my place to say. Daniel considers it a personal matter. It couldn't have had anything to do with what... Oh, I'm sure no one is concealing anything of the slightest importance. Everyone loved Nancy. Everyone. Please. Please. I know what you're getting around to. Why, Kay said everyone loved her but me. That I hated her. But I didn't. Well, not enough to... To do a thing like that. Where were you at two this morning, Miss Walker? In my room. Can you prove that? No, of course I can't. That's the whole thing. Don't you... No, listen, listen. Who's playing that piano? That's Mr. Rejack in the room across the hall. He's a musician. Does he live here? Yes. Well, why didn't you tell me? I thought you said everybody was here. No use talking to him. He doesn't even know about you. Will you please let me handle it? Please, Lieutenant. He couldn't tell you anything. You see, You he... get him in there, Haggerty. Go get him. And... Okay. Now, listen. You, you, you people have got an awful lot of explaining to do. None of you can prove where you were or what you were doing or why you were doing it. What about you, Mrs. Collins? You don't think... After all, I am poor Nancy's mother. Mrs. Collins, I'm just trying to get at the facts. You have the room next to Nancy. Didn't you even hear anything? No. I've had insomnia for years. I have to take a strong sedative every night. Here comes Mr. Rejack. Oh, Mr. Rejack, I... I'm sorry to disturb you, sir. I didn't realize that, uh, that I was blind. Oh, it is no matter. I was waiting for you to send for me, officer. You, 
You knew the police, were you? But of course. Oh, uh, Mrs. Washburn, has anyone seen anything of Carl yet this morning? No, not yet. Uh, uh, who is Carl, Mr. Ranger? My Belgian police dog who guides me. He has wandered off somewhere. <laughs> Although I cannot say I blame him. It is not much fun being a companion only to a blind man. Oh, he'll come back. That kind of always does. Oh, I'm not worried. But now you wish to speak of the terrible thing that has happened to poor Nancy. Oh, you, you know about that? Unfortunately, yes. By the way, here is the key to her room. It was locked and you were obliged to force it, were you not? Why, yes, but how, how did you... How do I have the key? And how do I know? You see, I'm a blind man. But there are many ways for a blind man to know many, many things. Yes, I see. Poor Nancy. Poor child. How much do you know about that? Quite a bit, I'm afraid. I know how she was killed. I know why she was killed. And I know who killed her. Suspense Theater. Murder was unseen in the dark, but the crime was witnessed by a single human being with the eyes of night. Roma Wines is bringing you Paul Lucas as star of suspense in the Robert L. Richards story, A World of Darkness. You have heard the prologue for tonight's tale of suspense. Before we return to the scene of our drama, let me take a moment to offer a practical reminder. Sudden calls on your hospitality suggest the advantages of having several Roma wines always on hand. For smart and gracious entertaining, nothing can take the place of a glass of Roma wine, whether as an enjoyable beverage by itself or on the table with meals. And look how economical entertainment centered around good wine can be. Only a few cents a glass. When you choose the largest selling wines of America, Roma Wines. Location of Roma wineries in favored wine districts of California and Roma's vast experience and skill as winemakers explain why wine connoisseurs of other lands hail Roma Wines and keenly enjoy them. So you know you are complimenting your guests' good taste when you serve Roma Wines. Made in California for enjoyment throughout the world. And now it is with pleasure that Roma Wines bring back to our soundstage Mr. Paul Lucas in A World of Darkness, a tale well calculated to keep you in suspense. to be buying. Yes, in a way it is. If he yields to it, it can make a man bitter and distort his mind. But if he struggles against it, there are merciful compensations. In time, he reaches out into the world again and finds he can perceive the meaning of the life around him without his eyes. The world of darkness becomes to him a place of utmost sensitivity to other things touch, to, to smell, but above all, to sound. The ticking of a watch, the, the, the rustle of clothing, the sound of breathing, or even 
the beat of a heart. I have only to focus my attention on a sound so distant or so slight as to be utterly imperceptible to anyone else. And to me, it is magnified and amplified a hundred times. Last night, though sitting in my room and confined in my eternal darkness, I heard what I could not see. And I was witness to a murder.
Perhaps you'd better not speak any more just now of your little trouble. Oh, I shouldn't have bothered you. I know it must seem childish and silly to no, you. No, 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 Nancy, it is not for me. But perhaps your mother will not like it that you confide in others. But how could you know that Nancy? she... You see? She is coming. Nancy? Yes, mother? Oh, there you are. I thought you might be here. Good evening, Edna. Nancy, you really must come upstairs now. I'm going to have your new dress ready for the equity party. I've got to cut it from the pattern tonight, and I want you to help me. Mother, I'm not going to the party. Why, Nancy, of course you are. It's very important. Mother, do we have to go through it all again? Nancy, dear, I'm sorry I lost my temper this evening. I know this seems like the only thing in the world that matters just now, love and all. But you simply can't walk out of the lead in a hit play and ever expect to be successful. I don't want to be successful. Can't you get that through your head? After I've slaved and skimped and planned all these years. You'll be all right, Mother. There'll be enough. I'll be all right. I'm not thinking of myself. I've never had a chance to think of myself. Only last week I drew every penny of my own savings and took it out the insurance policy on you. A hundred thousand dollars. So that you'd have something for your old age. You shouldn't have done that, Mother. And now you want to throw away everything I've done for that hair-brained boy. But Edna, if Nancy's in love... You keep out of this. Mother, please. Oh, I've watched you too, Antoine Rejack. But I knew she wouldn't have anything to do with a blind man. Mother, you couldn't see her. But you could touch her, couldn't you? You could be in love with her. <laughs> well, I hope you see now what a fool you've made of yourself. You fool. You blind fool. 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 Down, Carl. Quiet. He struck me. I'm sorry. You deserved it, Mother. I think you'd better go now. Nancy, I want you to come upstairs right away. We're going to cut out your new dress tonight. Oh, Anton, forgive me. No, it is nothing. I'm sorry I did what I did, but I was afraid she would become his terror. Anton, I didn't know. Believe me, I didn't know. No, I did know. nothing. You had better go up to her now. Yes. Oh, I'm afraid. Oh, but there is nothing to be afraid of. Yes. But I'm afraid. <laughs> Although it was late, I tried to go back to my work, but my attention wandered. I could not keep from mind from what was going on in that room upstairs. I heard each sound as clearly as though the cause of it were there at my very side. Nancy was weeping. And against the sound of her tears, like inexorable counterpoints, the scissors, deliberate mechanical snipping and crunching of heavy dressmaker's shears, cutting material on a table. Then there was an interruption. Footsteps going up the stairs. The footsteps of Danny Farrell. I knew what would happen then. Mr. Collins, you've got to listen. So I didn't want to listen. But for a moment, I did. Danny, 
I don't know what to do. Well, it's about time you found out, isn't it? I shut my mind to it. I didn't want to hear anymore. There was to be another quarrel, another agonizing scene. And then presently I heard the steps again. Slow and heavy this time, coming down the stairs. They went towards the front door instead of to his own room. He was going out. I did not know what he might do. I went to my own door and as casually as I could, I opened it. Oh, hello, Anton. Why, hello, Danny. Were you going out for a little walk? It's late. I guess it is. I'm sorry, Danny. You know about it, do you? Yes, Nancy told me tonight. There was a scene with her mother again. But it will come out all right. Oh, no, it won't. Why? Nancy's changed her mind. Or rather, her mother's changed it for her. Oh, the poor child. Anton, Nancy's the lovely girl. She's the loveliest girl in the world. But she's weak. Oh, but we are all weak in one way or another. But she doesn't know what she does to people. She doesn't know the torture she puts people through. No. And I can't stand it any longer. If I can't have Nancy, I'll, I'll do something. I'll... Danny, it will be all right. It can't be all right. How do I know it won't go on like this after we're married? Well, I'm crazy, I suppose, but I know how these things are. Two young people in love cannot be kept apart by anyone or anything in this earth. No, Anton. I thought it over and over every way there is. It won't work. Oh, come in. Anton, I... Oh. I didn't know you were here, Danny. Okay. I just heard the news. Over at the theater. Congratulations. Thanks. I suppose I had to say that. You know I don't mean it, Danny. Please, Kay, I... I don't think you love her, Danny. I don't see how you could. Kay, I don't want to talk about it tonight. Are you afraid to talk to me, Danny? Are you? I'm sorry, Kay. Good night, Anton. Danny. Danny, listen to me. Danny! Oh, let him go. He's upset tonight. He's upset. He's upset. <laughs> Kay, Kay, stop it. Get hold of yourself. I love him. I love him. I can't let him go. Oh, but you must, don't you see? He's going to be married. Before she came along... He couldn't even think of anyone but me. She planned it very nicely. Just the way she's planned everything else. She doesn't care how many lives she wrecks, including his. But it won't be so easy this time. Kay, Kay, you are talking foolishly. Listen, Anton. Before I'd let her get away with this, I'd kill her. So help me, I'd kill her. She left me at last. I paid no heed to where she went. I was disturbed and troubled. I sat in the darkness of my mind, thinking. Then I heard steps again. Those odd, dragging steps coming towards my door. Hans? Yes, Mr. Regret. Did you want to see me, Hans? No. No, I was only listening. Listening? To what? Don't you hear it? The beating of the winds? They've been close about the house all evening. Oh, oh, have they? The time is very near. Are you a good man, Mr. Rejack? I don't know, friends. I, I try to be. The black angel with the bright sword of righteousness and vengeance. Do you think we can escape him? 
Well, I, I hope so. No, no. Don't you know what goes on in this house? Haven't you seen them? With their painted lips, their tinkling rings and bracelets, and their vanity and their scoffing? Yes, yes, thanks. Uh, 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 what have you in your bag there? Oh, here, my, my tools. Always I work. Work, day and night. There's a dripping faucet up in Miss Collins' room. I have to fix it. Dripping faucet? Did you think of something? Oh, yes, yes, yes. I was thinking that I must take Carl out for a walk. <laughs> oh, 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 Carl, down, down, Hello down. there, Carl. He's a fine dog, eh? Carl? Yes, yes. Go along. Do what I told you. It's late. Yes, yes. I do what I'm told. Remove out of the midst of Babylon and go forth out of the land of the Chaldeans. For this city will I humble to the dust. And this house will I make a place of weeping and desolation. The moment the old man called my attention to the faucet, I had heard it. When I back, went back into my room, I, I still heard it. I heard the old man tinkering with the pipes. Collins died, and who killed her? 
Well, do all you people here confirm what Mr. Rejack says about your movements last night? Wait. What did you mean about a telltale whisper? Oh, what is the use of any longer pretending, Edna? You killed her. Now you must pay for it. No, no. Now, doubtless you have already found her fingerprints and the scissors with which Nancy had stabbed. Oh, naturally, they were Mrs. Collins' scissors anyway. And I have a suspicion that you will find the insurance policy she took out on her daughter's life only last week that makes Edna Collins the beneficiary in the event of Nancy's death. No, no, I didn't do it. You better take her along, Haggerty. All right, come on. No, please, wait a minute. Maybe I've been selfish, but I loved her. He's lying because he hates me for what I said. No, no, please. Well, Mr. Rejack, I guess several people owe you their thanks for this. And you owe me nothing. If it could only bring her back to life. Come in. We found Mr. Rejack's dog, man, down in the cellar. Been there all night. Here, Carl. Carl, my poor old Carl. Here, Carl. Carl. What's the matter now? Where are you? Carl, what's the matter? Don't you know me? Uh, Mr. Rejack, you... You say you shot your dog in your room before you went upstairs last night. Yes. Yes. You're certain? But of course. And you say you did not go into Nancy Collins' room after you discovered the murder? No. No, I did not. Well, that's very strange, Mr. Rejack. Because your dog did. His coat is matted with her blood. now that the dog must have followed me. I heard him whimper when I struck. Then somehow he disappeared. But before I locked the room, the beast must have fawned on her where she fell. Yes, I... I killed her. It is no matter now. She will marry no one now. Nor will I. Yet it is true I heard those things. Yes, most of them. You would be amazed what I can hear. Now, even from where I sit, I can hear the men at work at the place where they will take me. Although that place is many miles away. They are hammering on the scaffolding in preparation for me. And now they are clamoring up upon the platform. Now they are about to test the ingenious device that will snuff out my life. Listen. They spring the trap. So closes A World of Darkness, presented by Roma Lines and starring Paul Lucas. Tonight's tale of Suspense. In just a moment, we'll hear again from Mr. Lucas. First of all, let's visit one of the great airports in our country. The afternoon clipper has just landed in the USA. A North American and his newly arrived visitor from south of the border are about to take a table at an airport cafe. 
Toyota, I promised to return to visit them here again. I'll try to make things as pleasant for you here as you made them for me in your beautiful home in Las Palmas. How about some wine before dinner, Carlos? Oh, thank you. Some sherry, perhaps? Certainly. Waiter. Oh, Elliot, can we get here that wonderful Roma wine we had the day you left my country? Well, of course, Carlos. Here we can have Roma wine anytime. To wine connoisseurs abroad, Roma wines are a rare treat because shipping now is difficult and duty is high. But here at home, you can enjoy these great wines as often as you like. For Roma wines of all types are made in our own California. Highly prized and high-priced elsewhere, Roma wines here cost little enough to be served even at everyday family meals. And what a difference they make in meal enjoyment. Why don't you surprise your family tomorrow with delicious Roma California Sherry? You never tasted finer. You don't need a special menu or special glasses either. Just chill the wine beforehand, and when your folks come home, pour them a delightful glass of Roma. Almost all wine dealers have complete assortments of Roma wines. They're America's largest selling wines. Ask for Roma, R-O-M-A, made in California for enjoyment throughout the world. But before you buy wine, buy war bonds and stamps. This is Paul Lucas again, ladies and gentlemen. Germany murders her cripples. We protect ours, have them back to normal lives. And we fight the major cause of crippling, infantile paralysis. Every night from now till January 31st, sort out all the dimes you have. Then enlist them in the March of Dimes. Send your contribution to President Roosevelt at the White House. It's the American way. Thank you, Mr. Lucas. Next Thursday, same time, your stars will be Virginia Bruce and Alan Jocelyn in... Suspense. Presented by Roma Wine. R-O-M-A. Made in California for enjoyment throughout the world. This is the Columbia Broadcasting System. That was A World of Darkness from Suspense here on the Mysterious Old Radio Listening Society podcast. Once again, I'm Eric. I'm Tim. And I'm Joshua. And that was a listener request as we are continuing to go through those requests this summer to get out as many as we possibly can. And that one came to us from Bart. And uh, Bart said nice things about us and... So I'm going to say nice things about Bart. I think you're an awesome guy (laughs) and handsome and very talented. All right. So I picked this from the the list because um, Joshua told me to do this one. <laughs> Joshua you did kind, it quite well. Yeah, Joshua kind of picked this one for me, which is fine because Joshua knows that you really can't go wrong giving me an episode of suspense. I'm going to be happy, especially when it becomes a detective parlor mystery. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you'd put them in South African uh, <laughs> jungles and uh, looking for the Ark of the Covenant on top of it, it would have been. Uh, and a guy in a mask with a silver bullet. <laughs> we just entered Eric's head momentarily, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> it is a world of darkness. <laughs> so Bart says it's his favorite of suspense. So let me just start with, uh, no, Bart. No. <laughs> oh. No. Oh. Did not, the honeymoon is over. The honeymoon is over. 
the suspense and everything they did, I'm not quite sure how that one can be your favorite. Whoa, 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 wait a second. This comes from a guy who who just said, if only this were set in a jungle with a guy with a mask and a silver bullet. Can you see how, what speaks to someone can be very idiosyncratic? Yeah, I I think that would be a great story, and someone should write that. (laughs) A parlor room mystery in a jungle. With the Lone Uh, Ranger, yeah. Bart, here's the deal. Uh, I do think it's, I think Suspense has written so many great stories. It's just hard for me to go, that's my favorite. I think it was really well done and a great story. Just, that's really, for me, wow. To say that's your favorite suspense is, I think. Well, there's a difference between what you might critically say is the best suspense and what is your personal favorite or of anything. Yep. I love listener requests for this reason, Mm -hmm. because often these are things that people have listened to and have a personal meaning to them that we just don't have that context. And Mm -hmm. so sometimes what it does is force me to go back because I love our listeners. And if there's an episode (laughs) where I'm like, this doesn't speak to me immediately, but it makes me dig in. Like, for example, if you guys brought something that I didn't like, I'd be like, I can't wait to see these idiots justify it. But for our listeners, I feel like I'm going to go back. And I think this one in particular rewarded a second listen oh, for yeah, me. Oh, yeah, I agree with that. There's so much that came to the surface mm-hmm. in here yeah, for me. Yeah, every line has two but meanings. Don't mm-hmm. get me wrong. Let me make sure I'm qual- this is this is very clear. I think it's great. I'm saying that's a hard thing to say that's the best suspense. But then again, what was uh, on a country road? Mm-hmm. I would get a lot of argument from a lot of people when I say that may be the best suspense for mm-hmm. me. Carrie so Grant's that was on like a country top road. five old-time radio Ye- ever. Correct. Yep, and others might disagree with you. Yeah, absolutely. Starting with two people in this room, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I thought this was super fun. It's, it was just fun to listen to it the first time through for just the situation of it's a murder investigation and everyone that's suspected and the only person who's a witness has his vision impaired. It's just unfolding things like that and it's just a drawing room mystery that I love. Uh, and then the second time through again, it's like now that you know what's going on, everything has this extra uh, in, uh, meaning. <laughs> Let me articulate or try to articulate. I, some I of the, doubt you could top that, but go ahead and give it a try. Some of the extra meaning that I think maybe Tim's trying to get at, <laughs> or maybe not. One of the things I loved about the narrator being blind is that very quickly Anton becomes a listener, just like you. There are those portions mm-hmm. of the script in which. He is just hearing Nancy cry, the sound of the sewing scissors and footsteps. And at one point he even says he, he doesn't want to listen. He shouldn't listen. Like, it gets too tense for him. And he actually describes the act of listening to Suspense, the radio show. <laughs> you yeah, know? Right. And, and I think that metatextual level makes it really intriguing. It was also fun being a little judgy about it, of Antoine, you are a great storyteller. You are terrible at giving evidence. if you start with i know who did it i know why maybe that's the first thing the police would like to know (laughs) right well i think this relies heavily and intentionally on these murder mystery cliches yes we have so many extreme motivations here from the insurance claims from a jilted husband a jealous woman a crazy lunatic um, Mm -hmm. handyman which is maybe not a stereotype of mysteries he's the guy who stands out have you seen have you seen one day at a time (laughs) 
<laughs> you're, you're right. <laughs> Wait, Schneider? Are you saying One Day at a Time is a long-running murder mystery about who killed her husband? <laughs> yeah. Wow. If it was... That's my favorite episode of Suspense. <laughs> <laughs> the entire series of One Day at a Time. Ugh. I like the introduction of all of the suspects. I liked the setup. You know, the cop gets them all in a room and then says, one of you did it. And then, uh, by the way, you called him vision impaired and Joshua called him blind. I'm not sure now in my 52-year-old body. Sure, blind is fine. Fine, good. Blind guy comes in. Eyes don't work, guy. (laughs) (laughs) I'm using the language that the play uses. Yeah, so blind fool. Blind, blind fool. (laughs) You can't see. (laughs) So bringing him in and having him then say, I know everything, and then retelling it from that standpoint. I thought the setup and the premise and all of that was great. Uh, I know what you're saying about their characters and their motivations being a little over-the-top and tropey, if that's a word, tropey, but I don't mind it because the only you got to have I reasons. The bothered by was the fact that they were so extreme that you knew it couldn't have been any of them. And right. so I feel like it pointed too soon at Anton, or at one point I seriously was suspicious of the dog. <laughs> did you not hear me when I was listening? I, did. I laughed because he said, the dog did it. <laughs> he yelled out while Josh was in the other room. I was listening to it and I went, oh, it's the dog. <laughs> well, he's matted with blood. If a dog came at me with a pair of scissors, <laughs> there'd be a lot of issues that need resolving. Right. I want to just bring this up, and I think we've brought it up before. There is something wrong in America in the time of old-time radio for naming animals. <laughs> we we brought this up before. What, did, did we not figure out how to name a dog? Like, they're always the worst name. Carl is a terrible Carl, name for a dog. There is a classic children's book about Carl the dog. There is? Matter yes. of Blood. Yes. I don't think that's Carl. I think that's Marmaduke. Are you thinking no, of no? Um, no, there's a classic kid. Clifford? About Carl. He's a big, I don't know. Red dog? dog. Clifford. No, it's not Clifford. <laughs> but I think also in your book, that's a dumb name for an animal, right, Clifford? You yes. want them to all be like one syllable. Spot, Duke, King. King. King's a good name. Jerk. <laughs> King, that's uh, Sergeant Preston of the Yukon's dog name. Exactly. It's also my dog's name, so there. Yep, we know You're Sergeant you Preston? Dog. <laughs> um, Carl, the name of the dog aside. <laughs> it's a stupid name. <laughs> oh, man. One of the great moments, I think the greatest moment in this story, is the moment where we move from the dripping faucet mm-hmm. to mm. Anton's realization as well as the listener's realization without even saying it that that is not the sound of water dripping but right. Nancy's blood mm-hmm. and part of the reason I think it's really effective is that it's been built up to in that we know he can hear things really acutely um, if this came out of the blue if it hadn't been really well set up it would be like what he can hear blood dripping but it had been so carefully described up to that point that it had this just moment of horror when you realize mm-hmm. what that sound is. And there's also a great nod to Edgar Allan Poe and the Telltale Heart in that. In that mm-hmm. He's the murderer, he's the guilty guy, and he's hearing the blood drip. And yeah. He's describing that to the police officer, and they even use the term the telltale whisper when he's trying to frame the mother, describing right. the sound of her uh, robe. So 
that totally all passed me by on that first listen. So I think those are the details that really elevate this story. No, there's also all the the little beats of when Danny is talking to and on about the way she behaves and the way she drives people nuts. Mm -hmm. Or even you were laughing at the, you fool, you blind fool. But it's a great (laughs) moment where the script shows you the violent tendencies of Anton, but because it is such abusive language the mother's using, it hides that, right? Because he strikes her when she says that, but yeah. it's so awful that you aren't suspicious of him, right? <laughs> I'm sorry. There was a moment, again, where, where the theater of the mind just yeah. fires wrong. Like, did the dog slap her? <laughs> <laughs> That's the theater of your mind. Yeah, it's yeah. Very different from- Sometimes I need a second take on these. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> Carl! Get down. <laughs> well, you're going to have to have a duel with Carl. <laughs> I really also am a sucker for the unreliable narrator. I love retroactively mm-hmm. realizing the person who's been telling the story is a criminal and a liar, and he even confesses mm-hmm. that everything I told you was true, well, most of it was, and even leaves you guessing, you know, where he embellished and what was real and what wasn't. What was the Jack the Ripper one we had? Yours truly Jack the Ripper. Yeah, with the unreliable narration that I really mm-hmm. enjoyed yeah. that twist on that, and I didn't see that coming. Uh, so... This makes me a little stupid, maybe, but you guys like seemed to be on the level of, we knew it was going to be the vision-impaired blind guy. <laughs> um, I really didn't know who did it. I thought the reveal was going to be that through his other heightened senses, he was able to solve this crime for the police officer. I did not see it coming that he was the guilty party. I didn't see it coming right away. Uh, but I was suspicious, but I, yeah, I didn't have a... Ah, oh, that's certainly this guy. I actually thought it was over when they started haul mom away. I was like, aha. That happened so fast that I went, okay, there's a twist. It's suspense. It's got to have a stinger in the end. I wasn't entirely sure what it was, but that did basically leave it to be either Anton or his dog. Because they did make a big deal out of the dog and where was the dog and he's missing. And so you, mm-hmm. knew, yeah, that's right. that's you right. knew there was some bit of mystery yet to be solved. Right. It was hard to tell how many of the things that he did were meant to be deliberately taken as a clue. He's acted very strangely, and how much is just, we need this guy to do this weird thing for the plot reasons. So, mm-hmm. Like, I'm, ah, someone's been killed, I better lock the door, and then leave, and just assume the police will come looking for me eventually, because I have the key. Yes, I see what you're saying. It makes sense for him to explain to the police after the fact why he did it, but it doesn't make sense why he did it in the first place. Yeah. Or he just really didn't want anyone to go in there until the police got there. But yeah, you're right. A little bit of a plot hole. But again, this is that heightened detective mystery world. It's a little bit of a plot hole, but also sort of stands out. That's a suspicious behavior. That's a little hint that he's Mm -hmm. not what he seems to be. True. It's littered throughout there. It's very carefully crafted. Even down to, and I thought this was another interesting detail about the heightened listening as part of the story, when um, Franz, the crazy handyman, when he talks about, have you heard? Can you hear? When he's talking about the angel of death. Um, oh, yeah. And at the end, the, he can hear the scaffold being built a yeah. mile away or whatever it was. Yeah, that reminded me of that uh, version of the Telltale Heart from Inner Sanctum that we listened to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Of course, Karloff having the heightened hearing. It was, a, it was a nice touch, and I love that the last sound was just the spring of the trap mm-hmm. on the scaffold. Yeah, that was a, a moment for me when he could hear 
that far away that it started making me think again, uh, and I'm so sorry, but I frequently think about what a nightmare it would be to be Superman. And, and, you know, like, when do I get to sleep? When do I stop saving people? I can hear everything. And that would be a nightmare. And uh, I hope that that's not true for blind people. (laughs) (laughs) I'll tell you what's not true. The quote at the beginning, you're all intelligent people. You're all connected with the theater. My my exact note here was, if only that were true. (laughs) Apparently, uh, we were held in a little higher standing back in the day. I have to believe that cop is being sarcastic. (laughs) Or if we went back in time, we'd be gods. (laughs) No? No, I have an old sign that I got from a vintage store. I think it's circa maybe 1930s or 40s of like an old boarding room sign that says, No theatricals allowed. I I do not think they held us in higher regard back then. I was hoping you were going to say, Theater people are stupid. <laughs> uh, no theatricals need apply. <laughs> uh, Paul Lucas, it's interesting. I should have included this yeah. in the intro. He, this is this is where I'm gonna. I'm you, gonna. You Bart's didn't... gonna be mad. You're gonna be mad. Everybody's gonna be mad. What did you? Yeah, did okay. you hit my car? <laughs> you Paul Lucas was okay. I thought you were gonna say like he's like who you call when you can't get Bela Lugosi. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that is exactly right. He's a poor man's Lugosi. That Lucas. Here's what I liked about his performance. I liked that he seemed so mellow and sweet, and it was a nice red herring for the eventual mm-hmm. conclusion. Yeah. However, in the context, which I didn't include in the opening, is that he was a hugely popular actor in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, he had, uh, the previous year, just won an Oscar for Best Actor in Watch on the Rhine. Mm-hmm. He beat Humphrey Bogart in Casablanca mm-hmm. that same year. and is um, absolute nonsense. Gary Cooper in For Whom the Bell Tolls. So, like, is absolute he was nonsense. A, he, well, I haven't seen the movie. He might have been fantastic in it. Um, I, I am going to see it. I'm getting mad at this guy. <laughs> <laughs> Paul Lucas, you SOB. <laughs> I did make a note when I was doing a little uh, research on that, that I need to see that Ryan movie, because I don't know it. He did the role on Broadway, too, and then stepped into the Better be good. film version. <laughs> <laughs> I just saw Casablanca again the other night, and it's one of those movies you go, oh, I've seen that a million times. And I realized it's been a long time, you know, since Mm -hmm. I sat and watched that beginning again. And man, it is good. It's a great film. But in all fairness, uh, Humphrey Bogart is just Humphrey Bogart in every single film. Yep. Well, there's no doubt about that. Well, we're going to watch this Ryan movie. Yeah. But in this, the Lucas guy, is that his real accent? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Because it sounds made up. Bulgaria. Like Lugosi. But now we realize that all of those accents are based on Lugosi's accent. <laughs> blah, blah. <laughs> I'm sorry, I said Bulgaria. I meant Budapest. Oh, well, so good thing I'm you corrected sorry. that. Listeners all over Bulgaria throwing their desks, <laughs> storming around their rooms. The last thing I want to say is that insert for the March of Dimes. Mm. He just comes in and goes, uh, Germany kills, kills her cripples. cripples. I mean, yeah, it's just yeah. like, whoa. And it, yeah. I mean, right? I bet they got a lot of money after that. That is just short and sweet. Give money to March of Dimes. It's the American way. Yeah. That was powerful stuff. And that's, yeah. I, I always love listening to these things that are still during that wartime. And this was entertainment to distract you from these real-life horrors. What's interesting about stuff like that for that war was there didn't need to be a lot of sensationalized propaganda. 
he could just say exactly what was mm-hmm. happening to win over. <laughs> and I think that's what struck me Sentiment. so much is that it, 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 you're used they to a were. little bit of propaganda, but for someone to just come out and in two sentences state this horrific fact right. and then go, okay, but it's not exaggerated or anything. They no, were. it's not. That's, they that's were. What I mean. like, propaganda is so, right. usually exaggerated, and here yep. it's this minimal yep. approach that is yep. startlingly effective. It's hard not to give money after that. Yeah, that's like Animal Humane Society commercials, man. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how they're not the richest people on the planet. <laughs> Poor Carl. <laughs> I'll start the voting. It's suspense. It's a classic. It stands the test of time. It was really good. Thank you, Bart. I'm now starting to worry that I could give out classic too much. So yeah. I'm, I'm going to overcompensate and say it stands the test of time, and I'm going to withhold classic status. Mm-hmm. Thank you, though, for recommending it, Bart. Um, the, uh, the stereotypes get a little big for me, but it's a lot of fun and very well written. Yeah, I agree totally. Stands the test of time. A little short of a classic for me, but I can see why this would appeal to uh, a listener. And I think the second listen was really rewarding. And again, I really appreciate having these uh, listener requests mm-hmm. to sort of really dig in and listen to these from a different perspective. It's yeah. fantastic. What Thank is it you so you're much. hearing? What is it that that you see in this, yeah. and why don't I see it? <laughs> <laughs> when I was in college, I sat down and borrowed all of the Bruce Springsteen albums from a guy down the hall because I said, once and for all, i got to figure this out. <laughs> <laughs> i got to figure this out, and I listened to every one of them like three times, and I walked out of my room, and he looked at me and said, well, I said, I handed him the albums back and said, I just don't get it. But I tried, man. I tried. Uh, All right. Uh, Tim, tell him stuff. Please go visit ghoulishdelights.com. There you'll find other episodes of this podcast. We've got a lot. Oh, my goodness. Um, You can also get a hold of us through that website. There's a contact page. There's uh, links to our Facebook and Instagram accounts. Uh, You can also see a list of friends of the society. We have a little list of links to organizations that have been super nice to us, uh, including Monster Kid Radio, The Wall Breakers, and 12 Chimes at Midnight. Uh, All worthwhile organizations. Please check them out. Yes, you can also go to patreon.com slash the morals and uh, become a member of the mysterious old radio listening society. Uh, we have special rewards for different levels of support, including a members-only monthly podcast, Secrets of the Mysterious Old Radio. So you want to check that out, and please uh, go to iTunes and uh, write a review, because we enjoy those too. So next time, we'll be listening to an episode of X-1 called Mars is Heaven. Until then. Look out! Now you're intelligent people. You're all connected with the theater. <laughs> <laughs>